0: Therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit. This is Pastor Rob Chambers of Reedtown Community Church in Newport, Tennessee. It is our earnest hope and prayer that something will be said or done through word or song that will be a blessing to your heart. Good morning church. It's good to see everyone out in the house of God this morning. Text will be taken from the book of Haggai, first chapter. It may not be too familiar scripture to everyone. It's kind of in a forgotten, or intended to be forgotten, part of the Old Testament. After Nahum, Habakkuk, and Zephaniah, we'll be reading a few chapters out, or a few verses out of the first chapter of Haggai this morning. Speaking for a few moments on what God has laid upon our heart. Begin reading with the second verse, the first chapter. Thus speaketh the Lord of hosts, saying, This people say the time has not come, the time that the Lord's house should be built. In a historical context, this is a time that Israel has returned after being in slavery to Babylonia, the Persian Empire. And they've come back to Jerusalem, and they're dragging their feet. They've not done the things that God has told them to do when they were restored to their homeland. They're comfortable the way things are. There's no desire to work. There's no desire to build. No desire to restore the things that once were. And they say that the time has not come. It's not time yet. It's not time, it's not time Not the right time Which begs the question of me How can mankind know What God's time is How can we possibly Possibly know When God's time is The only thing you and I have to go by Is God's word That's the only way. We don't know the mind of God. We're incapable of it. We have to hear from the word of God. These people said it's not yet time. The world today says the same thing. It's not yet time. And if we don't say it verbally, we say it with our actions. We say it with our actions. There's no... Impending verge, edge of the cliff, excitement in the house of God. It's business as usual. Business as usual. Nothing exciting. Plodding along. Not yet time we've got it all under control. That's a lie from the devil. That's a lie from the devil. We've been fooled into complacency for far too long. Not only in this country, but also around the world, the church of the living God has been fooled into believing that we've got plenty of time, that it's not yet time. Verse 3 says that the word of God came to the nation of Israel. The word of God spoke to them. God himself spoke through Haggai the prophet. The word of God speaks to us today. The word of God cries out to you and I today. This book of Haggai cries out to you and I today. That Jesus is coming. The time is at hand. The time is now. Not to be slack, not to sit down, not to lay down and rest on our laurels, but to work, to strive, to build, to restore, to put back what once was. Verse 4, God asks the question, Is it time for you, O ye, to dwell in your sealed houses? And this house lie waste. God said, well, if it's not time for me to come back, what makes you think it's time for you to sit back and rest on your laurels and not do anything? What makes you think it's time for you to have a big fine house, a sealed house, means a solid house instead of a tent, instead of a shelter, have a forum house, and God's house still lying waste? The comparison for us today... Everything in our lives more important than the house of God. Our home more important, our job more important, our family more important, our recreation more important. Everything in our lives more important than the house of God. And you drive down the road and you see church after church after church with four, five, two, three cars sitting in the parking lot. Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, some of them, doors locked. Don't even turn the lights on on Wednesday night anymore. That is laying waste. It is a waste for a meeting house to not be used. Verse 5, God asks the nation of Israel to do something. The same thing He's asking you and I to do this morning. Now therefore thus saith the Lord of hosts, Consider your ways. Think about what you're doing. Think about how you're living your life. Think about, as we talked about in the Sunday school class, your commitment to me. And are you doing that which has been laid out for you to do? Consider your ways. Think about what's going on in your life. That's the question God has for us this morning. He said, I want you to consider your ways. I want you to stop and think about a few things this morning. In the sixth verse, God says, You've sown much and bring in little. You eat, but you have not enough. You drink, but you're not filled with drink. You clothe you, but there is none warm. And he that earneth wages, earneth wages to put it into a bag with holes. You sow much. You work much. Studies show people in this country work longer hours than they've ever worked before. I know there's hard economic times. I know there's a lessening of jobs. That just means that the good jobs aren't out there to find. People have got to work two and three jobs. You've got to work two and three times harder. You work and you work and you work and you work, and then after all of it's said and done, you sit and look what you've got for your labors. Nothing to show for it. Got nothing to show for it. That's one of the reasons that I have to let my wife take care of the checkbook. I cannot, at the end of the week, sit down and take my checkbook and then write out all the bills and then look and see that I had less money than before I got paid. I can't do that. It depresses me. It angers me. It puts me in a bad spirit. Can't dwell on those things. How hard do you work to get ahead? And have you ever gotten there? How hard do you work to get ahead in this life and have you ever achieved it? Have you ever got to the point where you said, hey, I finally got there, I'm ahead. Very seldom does that happen to any of us. Something happens. Something always comes up. There's always some need. There's always something looming on the horizon. Same verse that says you drink, but you're not filled. You can't quench the thirst. There's something inside of you that's wanting. There's a desire. Have you ever been so thirsty that you come in and it's ice water doesn't do the trick? You maybe try some ice cold milk and it's, nothing can, can soothe the thirst that's within you. That's the way we find ourselves today. And we look down every avenue that we can find. To try to fill that desire. Because nothing works. Nothing quenches the need inside of us. It also says in that verse that you eat, but you don't get enough. We pick. You ever seen people who sit down to eat and pick? Like a bird? That bothers me. You sit down to eat. 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 We'll come to the house of God and we'll pick. We'll nibble. I don't want to get too much. Don't want to founder. Brother, give me a trough and an apron and let me strap it around me. You can't founder at God's table. You can't get too much. You can get too little, but you can never get too much of God. But we, we, just, we just want a little. I just want I just want a taste. You ever said that? I, I, I say that a lot. I said, Tell Christopher, well, I, I just want a taste of something sweet. I don't want something big. I just want a taste of something sweet. The world today wants a taste of God, but they don't want to sit down at, at the table and eat. That'd take too much time, that'd take too much of a commitment. We sit and we nibble and we pick and we wonder why we're never full. Why we don't feel any different? Because you're still hungry. You're still thirsty because you don't drink the thing that you need to drink to quench the thirst. Jesus told the woman at the well those that drink of this water that I have will never thirst again. Living water springing up eternally inside. We don't drink from that fountain, we don't eat from that table. He says you clothe yourselves, but there's no warmth. You can find no comfort. You can find no ease. It seems like you're always just, on edge, just pent up. There's always something. You cannot find rest for your soul. And you won't find rest until we turn to God. trust in his son Jesus Christ we won't find a quench for our thirst we won't find a filling for our desire of food we won't find an ease to our labors until we look to the source of all things and that is the God Jehovah and his son Jesus Christ we're like the man it says in verse 6 What we're really doing is we're earning earning our wages and we're sticking them in a bag with holes in it. They run out the back as fast as we put in the front. We're not profiting anything. There's nothing coming from any of our labors. It's wasted. Wasted effort. Wasted time. The way we're doing things isn't working. There's no profit. There's no gain. There's no increase. When there's no profit, no gain, no increase, then something's not right. If you've got a business out in the world and they don't show an increase, they don't show a profit, they don't show gain, what will happen to that business? It'll go bankrupt. They'll close the doors. It's the same thing spiritually. We have to show an increase. We have to show a gain. We have to be living. And living means growing, living means increasing. Verse 9 of that same chapter it says, You looked for much, and lo, it came to little, and when you brought it home, I did blow on it. Why, saith the Lord of hosts? Because of mine house that is waste, and ye run every man unto his own house. God says those times when you do have, those times when you do say, Hey, I finally got a little something. Those times when I got ahead. God said, I go like this. And it's gone. It's scattered. You get a little bit ahead, get a little bit of extra in the bank account. What happens? Transmission goes out on the car. Usually you've got an appliance at home that quits working, and you've got something else that happens. They usually travel in groups of three. It's usually hardly, it's hardly ever is it one little thing. It's usually a big one and two little ones, or sometimes it's three big ones. God says, I go and all that you think you've gathered. He said, I just scatter it. Why? Why do I do that? God answers His own questions. Why? He says, because my house is laid waste, and you're taking your rest. God says, uh-uh, no. That's not how it works. That's not how it works. Verse 10. Therefore the heaven over you is stayed from dew And the earth is stayed from her fruit Oh we're getting into scary ground here God says not only do I blow On those things that you've accumulated And those efforts All the work that you've done And what little bit you've got God says with just one blow of my nostrils I can scatter it all to the winds God said I can turn it off God said, "I can stop it. I can shut off the tap. I went one afternoon after work, got out of the truck, jumped on the mower, mowed most of the yard. This was summertime. Come in covered with grass, covered with sweat, went to turn the shower on, and was not no water come out. And I said, Oh, I said, Lord, what has happened now? Lord, what's?" I said, if we got a line busted, what's happened? What's happened? What's happened? And I called Crystal. I said, did we have water this morning? She said, yeah, there's no problem. And then she stopped right in mid-sentence. She said, "Uh uh-oh. She said, I think I may have forgot to pay the water bill. And I said, hmm There was no smile. There was no smile. Accident. It, she, she put it in the car. It went down in between the seat. It happens. Happens to all of us. She went the next day. If they, if they sent somebody out there, turn it back on. I mean, it's just things like that happen. But the tap was cut off. At the time when I needed water, at the time when I needed something for my thirst to cleanse me, to purify me, there was nothing. Nothing. God says I can do that. God says I can do that at any time. Because every good gift and every perfect gift comes from him. The very air you breathe. The very time that you exist in. That's God's. And he can stop it at any point. He says I can end it. I've stayed the dew. I've stopped the blessings God said I've lifted my hand off And I will no longer rain down upon you Verse 11 Not only did he say that he can hold the blessing He said I can send the drought I can send the famine I can send pestilence And I called for a drought upon the land And upon the mountains And upon the corn And all the new wine Upon the oil and upon that which the ground bringeth forth, and upon men, and upon cattle, and upon all the labor of the hands. God said, I'm shutting it down. There's going to be no more water. There's going to be a drought on the land, the mountains, the corn. There's going to be no more food. There's going to be no more wine or oil. No more spirit. God said, I can shut it all off. What happens when a drought comes? How do, what, what do things turn? Dry. Crumbly. Brittle. Things won't stay together. God says, Israel, I can turn the blessings off. I can shut off the tap. God says, church of 2010, I can turn off the blessings. I can shut off the tap. I can make you just dry and crumbly till you just scatter to the four winds if that's what you want. If you fail to heed me, if you fail to listen to me, if you fail to do what I say in the appointed time that I say to do it. Do you think God likes to talk this way? No. God does not like to have to chastise His people. We don't like to talk to our children like that, but there are times when we have to get them down and it's needful we have a long talk with them. God is the same way. It's needful that God has a long talk with us, and it's needful that God demonstrate who He is. And He is sovereign. He's God. He's Creator. And we need reminded sometimes, just like Israel did. He says, I want you to consider your ways. Consider your ways. What are you doing? What are you doing? That's what God's asking. What in the world are you doing? And then he asks the question, Is it working for you? And nine times out of ten, We're going to have to give the answer, No, Lord, it doesn't seem to be working. His next question is, Then why do you continue in a way that does not profit you? Why do you continue in a path That brings no gain. Why do you continue in a path that only brings hurt and sorrow and drought and dry? Why do you continue on that course when you know that down the other path lies promise, blessings, gain, and prosperity? Why choose the other path? If you set it down and just look at it Logically Rationally Which path makes more sense? It's not a hard decision The smallest of these children here Can answer the question The smallest of the children here today could say The good path Is the one to follow The path of blessings The path of loss The path of drought, that's bad. You shouldn't choose that. Those children know that. Why don't we? Why don't we? As adults, why do we not understand that concept? Why, and here it is, do we refuse to believe God? That's rebellion. That's rebellion. To refuse to believe God is rebellion. Rebellion is sin. Why do we refuse to believe God? Why do we insist on going down the path that we choose? Why do we insist on continuing down the road when it's obvious to all of us it's not working? It's not working. time to consider our ways it's time to step back and to consider our ways and it's time to build up the house of the Lord it's time that's what he was trying to tell Israel then it's time it's time for you to get out of your sealed houses and to step out and work in my house work on his house it's time for us it's time for us We've been on the wrong path. The things that we're going down, they're not working. It's not working. Well, there's nothing going wrong in our lives. Pastor, everything seems to be going well and good. Let me remind you of something. (laughs) [eat) And he turns off the tap. Just because things are going well now does not mean tomorrow God will not shut off the tap. Let us consider our ways this morning. Ladies, come to the piano, please. Which road are we on? We need to to figure out which road it is, which pathway we're on as individuals and as a group. When I talked about sowing much, eating, drinking, being clothed, when I talked about that and I talked about how hard do you try to get ahead and it all seems to come to naught? There ain't a one of you here wasn't shaking your head. Yeah, preacher, uh-huh, yeah, preacher. But when I got to the point where as a church, spiritually we're not on the right path and individuals were going down the wrong road, it got quiet on me. That's how I know I'm where I need to be. There ain't one of you here that wasn't agreeing with me to start with. That's our life. We work our guts out. We sweat ourselves to death. We labor. We beat our head against the wall trying to get somewhere. And we have nothing to show for it. Because the bag that we're putting our stuff in, we're laying up treasures here instead of treasures in heaven. Here the moth corrupts and eats. And we have nothing left to show for it. The bag that we carry the earthly treasures around has holes in it. It just pours out the back. We don't don't get anything for it. When you put your treasures in heaven, when you take everything to God's storehouse, the moth can't get in. Fire can't burn it. Floods can't touch it. It is perfectly. Sealed for eternity Nothing can harm me. Consider your ways this morning Consider our ways Do we need to make a change Do we need to switch paths Don't look with your eyes Don't look with your heart Don't look with your mind Answer the question Through what the word of God says Are we on the path we need to be on As we stop this morning And we consider our ways God stands At the crossroads And he smiles upon us And he says child Child, it's time. It's time. It's time we got ready to meet the Lord. It's time we got our house in order. It's time we made preparation. Because there's coming a day very, very soon when God's going to turn the tap off. God's going to say I'm done with it It's over I'm finished Son Go get your bride Go get the church And as many as are appareled And are ready for the coming of the bridegroom Will leave this world But those who aren't will be like the foolish virgins Who had no oil They were left behind God help us. God help us. Let's consider our ways this morning. As you stand and we sing, consider your ways. We hope that you've enjoyed our podcast presentation. If you would like more information about the church or any additional podcast, please join us on the web at www.reedtowncommunitychurchpodcast.blogspot.com That's spelled R-E-I. D-T-O-W-N Community Church Thank you and God bless.